Thanks for joining us today. Our church exists to give everyone, everywhere, every reason to know Jesus. You can learn more by connecting with us on Facebook at Journey Fellowship Denton. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's message. Praise the Lord. I started this year off this way. My computer email program quit working. I was sending, making some insurance things over the last, this has been actually before the first year, and, and I was making some insurance, just different things, adjustments that email became a very, very critical form of communication. And what I, uh, I kept getting these, these uh, phone calls, and they were like, hey, you got to send this. And I was like, I, I sent that. Unbeknownst to me, my, my email program was receiving, but it wasn't sending. Now, when it's critical crunch time of the year and your email's not working and you don't know it, that could create a problem. I found out that my Mac and Google didn't no longer talk to each other correctly. And so what I asked Pastor Chris, I said, hey, you got to help me figure this out. Well, Chris worked on it forever and ever and he just couldn't figure it out. Come to find out what the issue was is that Google had done an update. And Mac had not done an update. And when one did the update and the other did not update, that created dysfunction on my computer. As I thought about that, I thought, you know, Lord, I wonder if I need an update. I wonder if in my life, in my spirit, in my mind, I need to update because maybe there's some dysfunction between you and me and we're not communicating the way that we need to or there's things that need to be said to me that I'm not getting or things that I need to say to you that you're not getting because one of us is outdated. Well, can I tell you, If he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that tells me who is the one who is outdated. We have to update. I have to update. And I can think of no better time as I begin to just let that simmer and percolate in my spirit of updating ourselves this year so that there is no dysfunction in communication between us and our Heavenly Father. So between us, so between the living on this earth and the kingdom of God, there is no disconnect. There is complete functionality. And you know, here's the great thing. When both products, when both things are are updated the same and there are new updates that come, new bells and whistles get added. How many of you noticed that? New software on your phone, new software on your computer, new software, whatever. There's new things, new benefits. There are blessings when the update comes. And my belief is this, is that the Lord wants to update us here at Journey Fellowship Church so that we can communicate to the Lord and so that He can bless us in ways that we haven't seen. You see, I believe that there is a better version of me. Look at your neighbor right now and just say this. I think there's a better version of me. Tell them. 
I think there's a better version of me. Matter of fact, you could say it this way. I know there's a better version of me. And what you have to do is you have to update to get that version. That update comes through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings a freshness, an update into our life. You have to have a new download from heaven. You have to download a fresh version of you. Paul says you have to download that every day. Be filled with the Spirit. Be continually, always downloading a fresh version of who you are according to the presence of God that He dwells within you and He begins to work out and then you begin to function the way that God designed you to function and your life becomes exactly what you're purposed for and that God created you for and you begin to to be exactly the version that God wants you to be. There is a kingdom version that I am in pursuit of. And today it begins. There's a kingdom version of me. And I'll just tell you this, and I believe this not just for myself, but for all of you. There is a version of you and me that we have not experienced yet. I don't want to operate any longer on an old system or an old version or an outdated idea or a thought process. Come on. My mind needs a fresh version. I need a renewed mind again. My heart needs to be updated. And so I want to just talk to you a little bit about that today as we begin this year. Over the next few weeks, through the month of January, I'm going to share with you what the Lord has just been just placing in my heart. And it's percolating. I'll just tell you, I wanted to preach some of it today, but it's still perking. I don't want to give you the unperked version. I want it to be soaked and saturated in an understanding that the Holy Spirit is giving me. And it's fresh and it's powerful. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying, God, this could transform my life. And he's saying, yep, new version. How many of y'all are ready for that version? Well, get ready. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Let's do that right now. Would you just lift your hands and say, Lord, give me a fresh version of heaven. I want a new version of me, Lord. You are my pursuit, O God. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says this, Where there is no vision, people perish. One translation says this, it says it like this, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. In other words, where there's no vision, people don't know what to do with their life. They don't know how to live. They don't know how to have relationship together. They don't know how to get along. They don't know how to do their marriage. They don't know how to, what, how to plan for their future. When there is no vision, people perish. People cast off restraint. They just run around without any idea of what to do. In the word, the Hebrew, vision, is the word causal. Causal. It means to dream. It means to, to, to have revelation. It means to, to have a vision for your life. It means to have a target. 
And there's an amazing thing that happens when you have a target in your life because it's the most important commodity that you can possess outside of knowing Jesus as your Savior and being filled with the Holy Spirit. The commodity of having vision, fresh revelation in your life is something that is, that is precious to you. Now, here's why. In Psalm 126, verse 1 and 2, the psalmist says this. He says these words. He said, The Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, and we were, the psalmist says, and we were like those who dream dreams. Out of our mouths came laughter. Our tongues were filled with joy. Can I just tell you that when you are dreaming dreams, the Lord has blessings in store for you. Joy begins to flow out of your life. When you have vision, there is fresh joy. There is fresh laughter. Your life becomes blessed. You are more healthy in your life when you have vision, when you are dreaming, when you are have, have a target than when you are any other time. You are more healthy in your marriage. You're more healthy in your relationships. You're more healthy in your, in your uh, future, in your finances. You're more healthy in your body. That's why the gym is so full in January. Everybody gets a target, but they lose sight. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. I'm going to give you several scriptures. I'm not to my primary text, so don't get nervous because I can preach fast if you can listen fast. If you can listen fast, say amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Look at this verse. And in the last days it shall be, God declares. And have you know this? I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. In the last days. You know, you would think that in the last days, and then he would follow that with a sentence that said, in the last days a lot of people are going to get saved and come to church. That would have been great. But it doesn't say that. In the last days, I'm going to do what? I'm going to pour out my spirit that gives revelation. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. The spirit that gives revelation. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. No, no, no uh, categories are, are, are exempt. I'm going to pour myself out on all flesh. And look what he says following that. Your sons and your daughters will what? Your young men shall... Your old men shall dream dreams. In other words, in the last days, in the last days, the days that I believe that we are living, I will pour out my spirit. I am going to pour out fresh revelation. I am going to pour out fresh clarity in the last days for your life that you have never known. I am going to do that through words that you are going to hear. Maybe it's prophetic. I'm going to pour out in, in my spirit upon you through dreams, through visions. I'm going to show you something fresh. I am going to update your life in the last days. And there's something special that's going to come. Because in the message version, it's a paraphrase. It's great to read, not good to study by, but the paraphrase, the message says this in Proverbs 28 uh, or 29:18, the where there is no vision of people perish. Look at this. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Can I get an amen? amen? Look at this last part. But when they attend to what He reveals, 
They are most blessed. I love that version, that translation. I love that translation that Eugene Peterson says. They are most, when people attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Can I just tell you, this is God's target for you in 2024? To be most blessed. That's my target for you as a pastor. I want you to live your life in such a way that God is blessing you abundantly, beyond measure, a greater than your imagination, that you are having such vision and dreams and revelation into your life that you are receiving that fresh clarity and you are most blessed for those who attend to His vision. So what do we do? How do we do this? We have to upgrade And in upgrading, you have to make some choices. Let me point you and walk you through five different choices that you have to make this year. First choice is this. You have to make a choice about perspective. I want to read in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse verse 19, talking about those choices. The Lord said it before. He says, This day I call heaven and earth as witness against you. And I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. You choose. And the first thing that you need to choose is you need to choose perspective. You ask the question, what is my attitude going to be? If I am upgraded, if I am updated, if my, if my, the version of me begins by me looking at myself and saying, you know what? I need a fresh perspective. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your attitude will define who you are. Your disposition will set the stage by the way that you live. Here is something that you have to understand. Your starting point determines the direction that you travel. You're starting. It's not your destination. It's not where you want to go. Your starting point determines the direction of travel. Your perspective and your attitude will determine the direction of your travel, of your pursuit. You want to pursue God. You want a fresh revelation of the Lord. You want a fresh vision from God. You have to understand that it begins with your attitude, how you are looking and aligning yourself right now. And the Bible is filled with things like this. In Psalm chapter 8, 118, verse 24, he says, This is the day that the Lord has made, and he makes a choice. So, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, how many of you have had all good days in 2023? How many of you have had all good days in 24? There's been some bad ones for me, but you know what? It doesn't matter, good or bad. This is the day the Lord has made. I, in my perspective, in my starting point, I will pursue Him because I will rejoice and be glad in it no matter what's happening. That's my disposition. That's my starting point. That's my attitude. I'm going to rejoice. In Psalm uh, 42, verse 11, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disturbed? Anybody have a downcast or disturbed day recently? Put your hope in God, he says. Put your hope in God, because I will yet praise you, my Savior and my Lord. 
That's my disposition. Even on a downcast day, on a down day, I will praise Him. Just as Aubrey was saying, we got to praise, sometimes through the valleys. Proverbs tell us through the entire book of that wisdom that we rise and fall according to our attitude. There's a book that I've read and reread many, many times in the course of my life. It's a book by Viktor Frankl. It's called The Meaning of Life. If you have not read that book, I encourage you. It's, it's, a, it's a top ten must-read in your lifetime book. There's several of those, but that's one of them. It's called The Meaning of Life by Viktor Frankl. He tells his story. It's his story of a, of a Jewish man who lived through the Holocaust. He was in a concentration camp. And he tells one story that in particular he tells about he was on his way to work one day in one of those concentration camps and another man was walking with him. And as he was walking, they were walking through the stove and the other man stumbled. And when he stumbled, he went to catch himself. And in catching himself, he grabbed hold of a German officer that was walking by. Outraged, that German officer threw him to the ground pulled out his pistol. Victor said, I stood there watching this entire thing. This man falls. He grabs this officer. And he, in that moment where the officer pulls his gun, Victor said that man turned and he looked up at that officer. That was the second thing he did. But he said, the third thing he did, I will never forget. He said, a smile broke out upon his face. The German officer took his pistol, he put it right in between his eyes, and he pulled the trigger. And the gun jammed. The man smiled again. Three times that German officer pulled the trigger, and the gun jammed every time. Disturbed enough, the German officer just hit him in the head with that pistol and kept on going. Victor said, I learned something important that day. He said, the world can take everything away from you, but it cannot take away your attitude toward life. Some of you experienced a lot of things in life. And you have had a tremendous challenge because the enemy has sought to come and steal every bit of joy or peace or hope that you have ever had. Let me tell you, It's time to upgrade and ask God to give you that attitude that can smile in the face of threat, that can praise in the middle of storms, that can say, this is the day the Lord has made. I have got blessing in front of me. I've not got sickness or hospital days or family feuds. I have got blessing laying in front of me. We have to change our perspective. That's the choice you must make, friends. We have to make that. If we want to upgrade, if you want God to do something new in your life, if you want a fresh version of Scott, a fresh version of Shannon, we have to begin with perspective because our disposition determines our direction. i got to know where I'm starting at and I'm starting upwards. It's a choice that we must make. It's a choice that we have to do. We're often good at complaining about things that are out of our control, politics and government and the economy and other people. We have to ignore those things that are out of our control 
and pray about them. And what we need to do is just keep our eyes focused upon Him. Perspective. You choose every day how you're going to live your life. When your eyes open and you come into consciousness, you choose how your day is going to go. Life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond. The second choice that you have to make if you're going to update is you have to choose your priorities. If you're, going to, if you're going to be a new version of you, you can't have the same priorities that you've had last year. It won't work. Because you're living according to whatever is important to you. And the Lord is saying, I want you to live what's in, according to what's important to me. You see, when he, he can't do anything in your life that you're not willing to receive. Whether it's salvation or filling or, or healing or whatever, if you're not willing, He will not. Because we have to see Him and everything that He does as the most important thing that we can receive in our life, not what we can earn with our hands or what we can imagine with our, with our minds. What's important to Him is the key. There were... A story, there's a story in the New Testament about Jesus tells, and he goes to, and he's got his 12, you know, he's got his 12, his, his, his posse, and they, they end up going to a, a home, and there's two ladies there in that home, Mary and Martha. And he's got his posse of 12. Well, what, what he, I don't think the message got to Mary and Martha that not only was the 12 coming, but previously to that, he had also commissioned 70 to go out. That, that's a, what would you do, ladies, if, if I said, hey, I'm coming to your house. My disciples are coming. Okay, I can handle the 12. And all the, the commissioned ones are coming too. So there will be about 82 of us showing up at your house this afternoon for lunch. My wife would pat smooth out. So Jesus tells the story, they're going to her house and these two women respond differently. Martha, when they all arrive, she is so busy doing stuff. She's so busy throwing dirty clothes underneath every closet door. Speed vacuuming taking the trash and just throwing it on the back porch so nobody sees it but making sure that there's just she is she is busy she is she is overwhelmed by all of the things that's going on and the meal and the order and in this big event and she gets so frustrated that she takes it out on sister Mary and she looks at Jesus that Mary is sitting at the foot of Jesus who is worshiping him and honoring him and she's trying to get all this done and she looks at Jesus and she says Jesus would you tell Mary to help me? You know, isn't it funny that sometimes we get mad at God and we take it out on everybody else around us? Tell her to help me. What was Mary doing? 
She was just hanging with Jesus. You see, the most important thing about Jesus' visit was not all the things surrounding him and the meal and the preparation and all that thing. The most important thing about Jesus coming was Jesus. You see, we have to get a fresh priority. When we come to church, we need to understand the most important thing of coming to church is not the sermon or the music or the children's or the youth or the programs or the systems or the coffee, if it's hot or cold or if there's donuts or not. The most important thing when the family of God gathers together is who is in the middle of it all. Who is the, Who are we gathering around? Who are we focusing on? Who is our attention? Our priority is on Him. And the same thing for your family. The most important thing for you is not to figure out how how you can better your marriage. The most important thing for you is to put Jesus in the center of your marriage. And when he is in the center of your marriage, your marriage will work. You have a 100% chance of a successful marriage with Jesus always right in the middle. I heard that someone say once, that you have a 100% chance of a successful marriage if you have Jesus right in the middle. I heard someone say once, do you catch me? I have priorities and you have to choose your priority. If your priority is going to be your work, if your priority is going to be relationships, you can be like Martha. You can be distracted by all of these other things. And the volume level of your life has a tendency to always get louder. Right? There's never a moment in your life when all of a sudden everybody around you turns the volume noise down. It always gets louder. Because you have competing volume here, and then somebody else was I can't hear. And so you repeat, you, you turn it up here, and then you turn it up here. And so you've got volume high, you've got family volume high, you've got kids volume high, you've got financial volume on loud and you can't hear him. Your priority has to be, I have to see him and hear him in the middle of all that's going on in my life. So I'm going to set him number one. You have to make a choice. The thing that Martha didn't understand is that her responsibility exceeded her capability. It's not about doing things. You're not capable of a fresh download of His presence. You have to just be in the right position like Mary. You have to be around where you know a new version of me is going to happen. Another question that you have to answer is the question of purpose. What's your mission going to be this year? Acts chapter 13, verse 36. The scripture says this. It says, And when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers and his body decayed. God has never, the Father has never looked over at Jesus as he looked back at you and said, who is that? He knows who you are because there is no unknown person in the world 
to God. He knows you. He created you with the gifts that you have and the talents that you have. And some of you have gifts and talents that you have, but you don't even realize it yet. And God needs to pull those out of you. And that may be why you're experiencing such challenge in life. It's because you are on the, 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 the stretch board. You're getting stretched and God is pulling things out of you because it's the only way He can expose how He created you. To get you where He wants to use you, He has to pull you and there is a challenge and it hurts. There is a stretching that takes place whenever runners or football players or whoever, the first thing they do when they go out on the field, they run a hundred miles an hour as fast as they can. No, they stretch. What they have to do is they have to expose their muscles to fresh blood. You need fresh blood. I said, you and I need fresh blood. Because it's the blood of Jesus that is always fresh. It's fresh every morning when you wake up. His mercies are new every morning. There is flesh, fresh blood that flows when you say, Oh God, you created me to do this, but I ended up doing this. I made a mistake. There is fresh blood. Just because you got stretched a little bit doesn't mean that He's through with you. It means He's pulling something out of you so He can inject His blood, His presence, His gifting, His anointing into you so that He can use you the way He wants to use you. There is a purpose that God has for you, my friends. There is a mission that God has put us all to fulfill. And we're all different and we're all unique and God can do and manage all of us by stretching us. There's reason to live than just the day-to-day routine. Aren't you glad of that? Monday through Friday gets old. But I have a divine purpose. Because there's a kingdom version that I want to update. George Washington Carver said this, and it's stuck with me for a long time. He says, no one has a right to come into this world without leaving behind a reason why they were here. The Lord didn't give you the strength of your body and the quickness and intellect and the heartbeat that you have so that you could just take up space. You have to fulfill the mission that He's called you to. I'm about to close. I've got two more. Will you give me time? The fourth question that we have to answer is the question of pattern. What are my habits? (laughs) Uh, How many of you have a few good or a few bad habits that really annoy your spouse? Anybody? (laughs) I see so many of these guys, they're like, I don't want to self-identify on this one because she might start pointing at Chase is very honest here. He's like, yep, absolutely. Guy's got both hands up. Yep. I had totally annoy her. Everything that I did. And she's got things. Sweetheart, you've got things that annoy him too, okay? 
Watch out for self-righteousness, okay? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You are what you repeatedly do. You are what you repeatedly do. Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be upon you. Paul's saying, look, whatever you have learned, whatever you do, whatever you have received, whatever I have showed in front of you and repeated over and over and over and over and over, do that because you are whatever you repeat. That's why when you go out to practice... With all these little little leaguers, they don't just have one practice and then they just say, yeah, we're just going to play games. We are what we repeat over and over and over and over and over again. That is just an innate characteristic of the human kind. We are what we repeat. And there are three specific things, three habits that followers of Jesus should always do. It's summed up in John 3.16. Of all, you should constantly be loving. It's the basic habit of a follower of Jesus. Whether you feel like it or not, you should love. Whether you want to love them or not, you should love them. Whether they're a friend or an enemy, you should love them. Let me tell you something. During the day, you have more opportunities to love people than you actually realize. You have the option to be angry and upset with someone or you can love them. A second characteristic or habit is that you have to give. That's a part of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He what? He gave. It's a common characteristic. It's a habit that we have to get into. It's It's a giving. How many of you have kids? You've given over and beyond if you have children. You know what it's like to give. You give your time. You give your treasure. You give your hygiene away. And then thirdly, you serve. For God so loved that He gave His Son. Jesus came and for three and a half years He served. He didn't come to be served. That's what Jesus said. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And it's a habit. You have to learn these habits of of loving and giving and serving. And it's something that you become after you do it over and over and over and over and over again. You are what you repeat. And so you have to make the choice. What things am I going to repeat this year? What will I continually do over and over again that I might become more like Christ, that I might get a new version of me that is inspired by the Holy Spirit? You see, Christianity doesn't get any more complex than that. stand up here and give you all the theology in the world, but it's really not any more complex than loving, giving, and serving. That's it. And then finally, you have to make a decision about who you're going to rely on. And that's power. Power. Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 33 says this, It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. It is God who arms me with strength. 
Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be teaching something that the Lord has just, like I said, been percolating in my spirit, and it has to do with this last question about relying relying on Him. It has to do with updating and understanding the meaning of on earth as it is in heaven. It is understanding the kingdom of God in such a way so that we don't see the kingdom of God as something far off. Because what did Jesus say? The kingdom of God is at hand. When Jesus showed up, he said, The kingdom of God is at hand. On the next few weeks, I'm, I don't know how, it's going to, how long it's going to take, but it's going to allow the Holy Spirit to just kind of lead me on this. I'm going to be teaching on that. Let me tell you something. It will transform your life. It's transforming me. It's transforming me. I'm seeing a, a fresh understanding of, of really where we are and what we are to do as believers. Perry, would you come? Just as soon as you got comfortable. Just come right straight up the steps. You don't have to go anywhere. Let me close with this story. In 2004, the Olympics were in Athens. It was, it was a unique Olympic because it, it, we went back, you know, and I'm a, any Olympic junkies, you like watching the Olympics, you love watching it, whether it was summer or winter, I love watching it. I, watch, I love competition. I like to watch it. I like to watch how people respond to competition. It was in Athens, and the USA team was picked a to just win it all. And there was one particular event that the USA, basically everybody in the world had just kind of given up and they were all going to fight over uh, silver and bronze because the USA kid was so good. He was so amazing. His name was Matthew Emmons. He was a 20-something-year-old kid. And the, the category was rifle shooting. Anybody ever watch that? So it was three-position rifle shooting. So you had to shoot standing, you had to shoot kneeling, and you had to shoot uh, prone, Okay. And so during the course of this event, as the event gets started, Matthew gets such an incredible lead that he could have, he could have basically taken his skis off and walked the rest of the way. And he gets to the final flag, the final position. He pulls out his rifle. He sets his sight. Pulls the trigger, bang, bullseye. The problem was he shot the wrong target. He ended up getting bronze. It took them almost 15 minutes to even catch up, and for 15 minutes he waited to get third place. I've seen people for almost 30 years strive to hit the bullseye and when they hit it, it's not what they thought it was.
There is only one real bullseye, my friends. And if you're aiming and you think it's the right one, oh, Pastor, I, this is exactly God has put me on this earth to make as much money as I can possibly make. Maybe so. What are you doing it for Him or are you doing it for you? We've got to know what we are shooting for. We've got to know that we need to update ourselves. We've got to know that there is a version that is better than what we are right now. We've already, we've already decided that. There is a version better than Journey Fellowship Church currently is. I'm not saying that you're bad. I'm not saying that I don't love you. I'm not saying that there's, that there's something wrong with you. I'm just saying there is a version. God wants to take us to another place, another level, another realm in the kingdom that we have not previously seen. And it's going to cause everything that dysfunctions now to function properly in your marriage, in your family, in your home, on the job, in your finances, in the economy, in your spirit. It's God is going to take you to someplace else. And it's going to be amazing. The blessings are going to flow because you're shooting at the right target. And if we hit that target, if you aim and hit that target, I'll tell you, you will never regret the fact that you asked him to, to Lord, next version, upgrade. I want to close today with you all standing, if you would join me. And I'm going to pray over you. D.L. Moody once said, our greatest fear should not be that of failure. But our greatest fear should be at succeeding at something that doesn't matter. Let me tell you something. You matter. And what God wants to do in your life matters. And so what you need to do is say, Lord, I expect... I expect a new version of me this year. You're going to do something in my life. That's my prayer and your commitment today. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head this morning. And as I pray over you, I want you to pray that prayer. Let it come out your mouth, okay? Don't just whisper it and don't just think it. Let it come out your mouth. Lord, I want a fresh version of heaven in my life today. Would you just begin to pray that? Lord, I want newness. I want revelation. I want vision. I want dreams. I want understanding. I want to be able to be what you want me to be. Would you pray that prayer as I pray over you? Father, this morning I pray, oh Lord God, for every person in this church. Lord, I don't know what you have in store for us, but I do know this, that Lord, it is exceptional, Lord. And God, what you want to do in individual lives, in individual families, Lord, in people, Lord God, that that, Lord, you have a better version, Lord, a heavenly version, a kingdom version that you are going to do in us, Lord God. And you're going to show us this year, Lord, what that looks like. Father, I pray that your power would begin to flow in in an incredible way through our lives. Let us take our place, Lord, as reflectors of the kingdom of God, Lord, on earth, just as it is in heaven. Father, show us, Lord God, your will. As we walk forward into this year, Father, I pray that you help us to choose, Lord, those things that are going to set us on the path to fulfill, Lord, all that you have placed to do in our lives. I pray your blessing upon us today. Lord, open up heaven, Lord God, in this house. And let us experience, Lord, all that you have in store for us. I praise you and I thank you, Lord, today as we begin this year. 
we begin this week of prayer and fasting. Lord, engage us. Show us. Reveal to us your word and your truth so that we can become more like you, Lord Jesus. We honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. You can go in the Lord. Enjoy the days of the Lord. Thanks for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this ministry, we want to encourage you to share it. And if you don't have a church home, come join us any Sunday at 1030. 